Welcome. I am a lay Shin Buddhist who nevertheless maintains an interest in the broader realm of Pure Land and Mahayana Buddhist teachings. My YouTube channel is called Akala Akala, that is A-C-A-L-A-A-C-A-L-A. In these podcasts, I make a non-scholarly, humble, and sometimes bumbling attempt to explore a particular topic or question related to the wonderful Buddha Dharma. I hope you find them to be of interest. With that said, let us begin. So, in the introduction to every one of my podcasts, I note that I maintain an interest in the broader realm of Mahayana Buddhist scriptures. And, in a way, I guess you could call that a confession, because that would put me at odds to some extent with a strictly orthodox Shin Buddhist perspective. Renyo, I think, recommended that all other scriptures and all other Buddhas be ignored, basically, and that the entire focus of one's worship, one's devotion, one's focus should be on Amida Buddha. And, you know, I respect that and I appreciate people who do that. And I appreciate the integrity and legitimacy of people who do that. But for some reason or other, that's not my way. And I'd like to give a little bit of an explanation. And the way I want to explain it is in the context of how I view Amida and the Pure Land and the Pure Land Path in particular as related to the concept of prajna within the Mahayana tradition. Prajna, of course, means wisdom. And wisdom, as I understand it, implies the experience of sunyata, or emptiness. Now, why is this relevant? How I see it as being relevant is that we need to think of it in terms of what is Amida's name. What does Amitayus and Amitabha mean? The Buddha of infinite life, the Buddha of infinite light. I take infinite light to mean wisdom and infinite life to mean compassion. Compassion in the sense that the Buddha's life is is infinite in the context such as what we see in the 16th chapter of the Lotus Sutra, that he continues to be available to us as a source of comfort. But let's focus on the wisdom part. We use the word infinite, but I think another word that's sometimes used in Pure Land scriptures is inconceivable. He's the Buddha of inconceivable light. And I think Shinran also used the term unhindered light in his 10-character Nembutsu that he wrote on some of his scrolls. Well, what does this word inconceivable mean? Let's just turn to Google Home and see what it says. Hey, Google, what does the word inconceivable mean? Here's the definition of inconceivable. Not capable of being imagined or grasped mentally. Unbelievable. That's good. Not able to be grasped mentally. Unbelievable. In other words, that we can't believe with our thinking mind. We can have a concept. We can have an idea. But the actual reality of who Amitabha is, is unbelievable, inconceivable, not able to be conceived. Now, let's tie that in with the scripture. I'm looking particularly right now just to pick one out of a hat. There are about 40 Prajnaparamita Sutras. But the first one, according to Kahn's, Edward Kahn's, who was a major translator of these scriptures, I believe that he thought that the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra in 8,000 lines quite possibly might have been the first of these Wisdom Sutras or Perfection of Wisdom Sutras. So from one chapter in the Perfection of Wisdom in 8,000 lines, we have the Buddha 
essentially describing the merits of prajna or this concept of sunyata or wisdom as immeasurable, incalculable, inconceivable, incomparable, illimitable. So, again, it goes beyond concepts. Let's get a couple definitions here. Hey, Google, what does the term immeasurable mean? Here's the definition of immeasurable. Too large, extensive, or extreme to measure. Okay, Google, what does the word incalculable mean? Here's the definition of incalculable. Too great to be calculated or estimated. And we've already talked about inconceivable. Okay, Google, how about the word incomparable? What does it mean? Here's the definition of incomparable. Without an equal in quality or extent, matchless. Okay, Google, one more. What does the word illimitable mean? On the website yourdictionary.com, they say, adjective, impossible to limit or circumscribe, limitless, an illusion of illimitable power. So there you have it. These are attributes of wisdom. And Amida Buddha is the embodiment of wisdom, wisdom and compassion, the two key characteristics of Buddhahood. And so the Prajnaparamita Sutras, to my mind, are like a finger pointing at the moon in, in the context of how Zen Buddhists, I think, think of it. You know, we, we, mustn't, we mustn't mistake the finger for the moon. In other words, these are still just words that are put into these scriptures, these Prajnaparamita Sutras. So these Prajnaparamita Sutras are still simply a finger pointing at the moon in the sense that no words, no concepts, no doctrine, no books, no products of the thinking dualistic mind can possibly allow us to grasp a reality that is immeasurable, incalculable, inconceivable, incomparable, and illimitable. And so, for me, I think what it is is that these Prajnaparamita Sutras, they engage my mind. They are a finger pointing at the moon that seems to resonate with my, with my dualistic mental activity in the sense that it teaches me over and over again how limited and incapable that modality is for grasping the truth, for seeking a real answer that has substance to its very core. In other words, it's telling me that that is not possible through written words. And I seem to have a desire to have that lesson repeated to me over and over again. But if the Prajnaparamita Sutras are a finger pointing at the moon for me relative to my intellectual or head space, in terms of my heart space, that's Amida Buddha, that's the pure land, that's the pure land path, that's reliance upon Dharmakara's primal vow, uh, that is my sense of assurance that I will be reborn in the pure land of bliss when I die. Now, is that not yet another finger pointing at the moon? Yes. But that pointer resonates with the deepest part of my being, resonates with my heart, resonates with my gut resonates with maybe what I want to believe, but that's okay because all these teachings are provisional. They're all expedient means, as it says in the Lotus Sutra. And this combination of the Pure Land Path in the context of the Mahayana teachings, particularly the, the teachings of Sunyata, the teachings of Prajna, uh, 
as well as the teachings within the Lotus Sutra regarding expedient means. This combination seems to gel somehow within my being to create a, a framework, a kaleidoscope, if you will, of beliefs that is very, very deeply satisfying to me. And so I thought I would share it with you in the context of helping you to understand how my being on the pure land path, at least insofar as my own maybe rationalization is concerned, is not inconsistent with my also uh, endearing myself to the, to the profound teachings within Mahayana Buddhism more generally. Namamita Boots. With that, I will sign off by reciting the Nembutsu in gratitude for being embraced and accepted just as I am by Amida Buddha, never, never to be abandoned. Namo Amida Boots, Namo Amida Boots, Namo Amida Boots. Thank you.